Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Royals have tied it 2-2 against the Blue Jays. They're into the bottom of the eighth. Some text here to 6.30, This texture says, if you've never had a Saskatchewan girlfriend, too bad for you. The only good Alberta girlfriends are from Saskatchewan. I guess he means originally. Yakishev says, I'm married to a Riders fan, and I have four sisters-in-law who are Riders fan, fans. Love trumps all, and I have selective hearing. That's from Yakishev. Well, I think lives in Lloydminster, so obviously there's the mixing of the species there, shall we say, when it comes to Eskimos and Riders fans. Kevin says, Reed, I could marry a Rough Riders fan. At least they show passion, which is a good thing. But never, ever marry a Canucks fan. How can you marry somebody with such a lack of judgment and reason for living? Oh, my Kevin. (laughs) Canucks fans lack a reason to live, according to Inside Sports listener Kevin. (laughs) I'm just being a troll with this topic, aren't I, Matthew Panashik? Being a bit of a jerk. I recognize it. I recognize it. I can be a bad man. I can be the bad boy, like George Costanza. <laughs> Look at me, I'm running with scissors. Wasn't that in a Seinfeld episode? Oh, that's when he was pirating videos at movie theaters. Oh, is, that what he, yeah. is that what he was doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, classic. Is, is this Jed called back? Yes. Well, he used to talk to Jed on Oilers Now all the time. Hey, Jed. Hey, Reed, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, um, I talked to Speck, I talked to Stoff, I talked to Brennan. I've asked everybody their basic ideas. What happens if Yak gets beat out for a job? What do we do with him? Who's going to beat him out? Who's going to beat him out? Uh, <laughs> probably everybody. Well. He's, he's not wanted, number one. I, th- I think probably the same thing will happen to Yakupov that's happened to him the, the, the last couple of years. He'll wind up playing third-line minutes and not do very much. I mean, I don't think they're going to send him to the farm. I, I would doubt they would send him to the farm. And, I mean, is 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 Pakarinen really better than Yakupov? Down the right side, is Slepeshev going to come up and beat him out? Maybe. So what happens, what happens if somebody comes to a camp and beats him out? Can they... I know, I know it's stupid to say, but could you just buy him out and say, yeah? Well, you can't buy him out mid-season. There are only certain windows to, where you can buy a guy out. Okay. So I guess they could. Okay. I guess they could try to send him to the minors and hope they don't lose him on waivers. But I don't think they would do that. I think they would continue to try to to try to trade him. Yeah, but they've they've been trying since when? Uh, yeah. I know. Okay. No, I know. I just, I, I just, I, I just think he might be on the. He may be. I mean, now it looks like he's on the roster at the start of the year. 
in I which case so. you got to try to get get the most out of them. Yeah. So I, I mean, hope so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sure. What okay, did the other guys say? I did, I didn't hear when you well, asked Speck and Bob oh, that. Uh, well, I said I asked Speck and Speck said, "Well, no, you can't buy them out." No. They try to package them up. Stoff said the same thing, and uh, basically, uh, when I talked to uh, Brennan. Uh, I didn't want to say anything bad because Tom had just passed away, and I really appreciate and uh, think of the guy. So yeah, that's I just what that happened. Yeah. I, I mean, may, maybe they package him up, but as I always say, throwing Yakupov into a deal yeah. is like adding nothing, right? It's like, hey, we'll trade you this guy. Oh, plus Yakupov, and the, the other team would say, well, basically, you're just trading me this guy because we're not going to use Yakupov. Unfortunately, that's the situation they're in with him. Uh, maybe yeah. if he starts playing a little better, may, maybe he'd yeah. have a little more value. But I guess they have to hope for that and and, and hope he. Uh, I mean, I hate to say this about a guy who was first overall four years ago, but hopes he he develops a little bit. I just don't yeah. know if that. You just look at how often. I mean, Yakupov to me, it was frustrating to watch because it's almost like he always makes the wrong um, decision with the puck, right? Like, he'll either come across the blue yeah. line and shoot when he should have driven it, or he'll try to drive the net when he's up against three guys by himself. Well, I'll tell you, I was down in Calgary, this is two years ago, the first year he was on, uh, for a preseason, and they had a timeout. Everybody come over to the bench and yak skated around in his zone, watching the girls shovel snow. I looked at my kid and I said, that's the kind of guy you don't want in your team. Ever since that night, I just I I don't know something's turned me off about the guy, and uh, he doesn't he doesn't show effort. He shows spurts, and he's a want he's a wannabe Pavel Burry is what I think. Yeah, we'll see. There I mean, look from a, from an Oilers standpoint, I hope yeah. suddenly he explodes and and yeah. fans can reattach to him, and and yeah. and he shows some progress. So over the last couple of years, I'm not overly hopeful that's going to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. You got it. Okay, Reed. Yeah, good show, man. Nice to hear you again. Yeah, thanks, Jet. Always good to have you listening. 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. The uh, Oilers-Billy Moore's Cup in Jasper is underway. We'll get a live update from uh, Brendan Ulrich in about 45 minutes. Of course, huge football focus this week. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss not focused on the coaching matchup he doesn't look at it as going head-to-head against Chris Jones I mean like I've said before I mean the biggest difference between Chris and I is that he's a defensive-minded coach I'm an offensive-minded coach we're both coordinators so we both call the game um, so you know there, there's the matchup and that's really it I mean we both coach our teams respectively and you know uh, it just happens that he's been, he was here last year and won a great cup and you can't do anything about it I mean uh, it's history now uh, we're both on opposite sides again and uh, you know go out and do your best but other than that I don't know what the story is it's two coaches we don't play we just call the game and our players will decide the game it's great to play against them I mean you never quite know what you're going to get you have to prepare for a lot uh, you know you you know he's going to be confident he's going to have his guys ready to play you um, you know and you got you know make plays against them bottom line so um, you know it's it's always a, an unknown factor when you play him because he's done so many different things in the league and he's been here so long so uh, it's it's never a super comfortable feeling playing against them but at the same time I have a lot of confidence in our guys a confidence in our coaching staff to come up with a game plan that we'll execute when we play them. Jason, after, uh, did you see this week in practice what you wanted after A, a loss, and B, a week off? 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, we've practiced twice in 16 days. I mean, the first day is never going to be quite what you expect it to be uh, execution-wise just because it's hard to get back into the swing of things. But today our compete level was awesome. Uh, guys are flying around and understanding what we're trying to do game plan-wise. And uh, it's a little chippy, which is good. I mean, bottom line, we want to – we're going – we're looking – to beat somebody on Friday night. And, that, and when you're doing that, you have that mindset, you've got to bring it every day. And so I think that's what we, we've, we've accomplished this week. So I've been very excited about our preparation. Got a little emotional. Uh, you don't mind that? No, I love it. I mean, uh, football's an emotional sport. And the bottom line is you got to be able to control your emotions and let it go. And when our guys leave the football field, they forget about it. They're a family. But when you're on the football field, I'm all for it. I mean, uh, things should get chippy. Things should get emotional when you're giving it everything you got. So uh, I'm good with it. Jason Moss was an emotional player. He's certainly fine with the emotion as a head coach. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out on the old internet at actionfurnace.ca. The Blue Jays have pieced together a couple in the bottom of the eighth. They now lead the Royals 4-2. They are still batting. Morley Scott with some of his storylines from Eskimos practice today, including running back John White when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, the Friday night fight, Rough Riders at Eskimos. It kicks off at 8. We have it for you on 630 Chad with the pregame show starting at 6. Morley Scott will do the play-by-play. Morley, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm very good, Reed. Nice to be here. Yeah, here we go. You're going to be... At Commonwealth Stadium, the Brick Field, the site of the contest, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting against the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, it's a hotly anticipated game, is it not, Morley Scott? Oh, you can cut the tension with a knife. You can, <laughs> you really can. You know what? Are you? Is there more to this game than than like the preseason game? I, I, Chris Jones has come. Of course, there is. I know it counts, right? It counts. That's the important yes. thing. But Chris Jones has already come back. He's already had his media availability talking about coming back. It's no different now. He won't have any different feelings now coaching on the well, sidelines no. at Commonwealth from three weeks ago when he coached on the sidelines at Commonwealth, except for it counts for two points in the standings. Well, right. That's all it is. So, I mean, it's it's just a, he's just coming back again. Do we have to go through this all over no. again in August when he no. comes back? And then for the Western no. final when he comes back? Possibly. Okay, with Chris, with with, with Chris, oh, there we go. <laughs> with Chris Jones, we don't. So he came back, and, and you know, especially him, he will say nothing. Yeah, again, it's it's the type of deal. What's one of them, de- it's one of them deals. We're just trying to win a football game. Deals, for, I mean, but but beating somebody in the preseason. Yeah, I still, and I know. I, I mean, Andrew Gross were, and I were talking about. He's like, don't you want your favorite team to win every game? Sure, but I, I don't do cartwheels about a preseason game. I'm, I'm glad they won. This is different because the, it, it, there are points on the line. It counts in the standings. So I know the Jones return angle has kind of been done. Mm-hmm. But anytime Saskatchewan comes to town... It's a big game. And, and you, can, you can hand them an 0-2 start, and that is a risk for the, for the Eskimos. Yes, so there, there, are, there are non-Jones storylines. Absolutely, and those to me are more important and more in the forefront than Chris Jones returning or Ray Hartman returning or Otha Foster returning or whoever it is. Um, yeah, those, to me, like the loser of this game on Friday is in a hole early. I mean, they're 0-2. BC could be 3-0, and and all of a sudden you're a long way from first place uh, early in the season already. So, yeah, it's an important football game for both clubs, but I think especially for the Eskimos because 
if they go 0-2, they're 0-2 with two home games behind them. True. So they're in a little deeper hole than the Riders are if the Riders lose. So, yeah, it's an important game. And that, more than anything, the Eskimo players, and I talked to several Eskimo players this week, and I kind of I gave them the opening to say, yeah, we want to beat Chris Jones. We want to beat Saskatchewan. We don't like Chris Jones, you know, whatever. But they all just say, we want to win because we're 0-1. Like, we want to be one and one. We don't care who we win mm-hmm. against. We just want to win. And bottom line is, every player wants to win every game. Do they not? doesn't matter who's coaching the Riders. It's fun to beat them. Right. So, uh, what go. are we looking at crowd-wise, by the way? Where are tickets uh, at? Last I heard earlier today, there are about 27,000. Okay. So I would think, extrapolate that out over the next few days of ticket sales. Hopefully there's enough sunshine to get people to buy tickets. And we're over 30,000. We're the biggest crowd in the CFL this season. Right so that, that'll be nice. It should be more, you know, but at least it's over 30, which is good. They, you know, I was shocked at the opener. I mean, 20, 28,000. I mean, it was, it was smaller than the preseason game, which uh, wasn't, uh, didn't look good. So yeah, it's it's good to see everybody coming back for this one for sure. All right, uh, John White was back. He pl- he played uh, his first game in over a year. Obviously, he missed all all of last mm-hmm. season. And uh, I, I thought I thought he looked very good against the Ottawa Red Blacks, and hopefully that continues. Sixteen touches, ninety nine yards, dangerous with the ball out of the backfield, and dangerous with the ball as a receiver as well when he when he runs out of the backfield. Reed, I watched him at practice this week. In particular, I really watched him yesterday. He was fantastic at practice yesterday. I mean, he was just cutting everywhere. He was catching everything. He was beating guys. Uh, they do that. You know, they don't tackle in practice, right. obviously, right? But every time they handed the ball, there's always that big pile up, and he's always coming through the other side, right? I mean, he had – I even talked to uh, uh, running back's uh, coach yesterday too, and, and he's – Tim Princeton, and he said, yeah, he had a really good practice today. Uh, he, he was on fire yesterday. It was pretty good again today. So uh, take him in DraftKings if that's what if that's what you're <laughs> well, wondering. There's a take I don't, advice. I don't morally, condone that. Morally advice. Just Morley Scott just gave gambling advice. I do not you're, condone that. You're the least likely person. I actually won money last week. I just I well, you went in. Yeah, I went in. I know it's very unlike me. I went in and I, I won some money so last who week. Who possibly told you how to set up a draft? Don't answer that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, Morley Scott, joining us inside sports on six thirty. Jet. He'll be calling the game on Friday, six o'clock pregame show, eight o'clock kickoff. Eskimos against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, I think another interesting angle to this game that that does involve Chris Jones and not the whole return thing, but. He's pretty good at what he does. He's pretty good at what he does. And, and this was a, a, an offense that I think probably was helped over the past couple of years by going up against the Chris Jones defense. I mean, when I had Washington and Batiste in studio, they, uh, their offensive linemen, they said they were going to practice saying, what is Coach Jones going to throw us at us today? And then, well, where did that blitz come from? And they think, well, we know the opposition probably won't do that, so the game might be easier than, than the practice. Is, is that, does that figure into this? I, I, I think last year it was because, I mean, that defense, maybe the last two years even the defense was the best defense in the league. And it makes the offense better. When you're going against the best every day, all of a sudden going against other teams' defenses is not as tough. And I think it really helped the Eskimos' offense. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Mike Riley today said some some interesting stuff. And he's, you know, last two years, we'd kind of review practice and look at the tape. And he'd say, yeah, but if that was a game, I would have done this. And then he said, Coach Jones would go, yeah, but if that was a game, I would have done this. So he said, now we get to play it out in right. real life and see what happens. So uh, he's he's pretty excited about it. He's, he's looking forward to the challenge of uh, going up against a Chris Jones defense for real after practicing against them uh, for two years. So that's that's one of the real interesting things. You know, and, and Jason Moss, pretty good offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a good matchup for sure. Uh, I, I talked to a Darius Bowman today, and he said that, yeah, 
they'll have, they'll have a good defensive plan against us for sure. But he said the way the Eskimos' new offense works, there's just too many openings. There's just too many too many weapons, too many plays, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to uh, to stop them. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Had Mike Benavides on in the last half hour of the show, who said defense, same players, despite some breakdowns and despite. Lacey's fingers pointing in the wrong direction for, oh, for a exactly. bit, and, and, and Sherritt getting banged up, and Watkins a little banged up. Uh, they're fine, and he's not going to you know bench anybody for, for allowing some points. What about on the offensive side of the ball? Is it going to be the same 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 guys? Uh, it looks like it, yeah. Watching in, in practice this week, it looks like the same guys are going to be the starters. Uh, you know, uh, Although Mike Miller uh, was back uh, out in practice this week, too, so he might figure into it on the, on the fullback side of things. But, yeah, no, they're going to go. I mean, the offense was pretty good, were they not? 37 points, right? Well, 30. One was a block punt. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah I, I just call me Mr. Negative. negative. <laughs> yeah. I have a negative No, Nelly. that's true. They, they, but uh, that's still a pretty good night, though. Over 300, yeah. almost 400 yards in passing for Mike. I think it was 383 for Mike Riley. So the, the offense moved the ball, but a slow start again. And that's what really bothered them all of last year, right through to the Grey Cup. I mean, they were, you know, wasn't really the offense's fault. They're down thirteen nothing, you know, before they touched the football. But still, but s- slow start. There was a formula last year to play sometimes an inferior opponent and not take control of the game as early as you would like. Yeah, I yeah, think that, that's sure. how I would look. I, at it. I really, and again, it's preseason, so it doesn't count, but it still happens. So you can talk about it. The way they took charge of the game early against Saskatchewan. I love that. You know, they yes. came out and they three passes and it's in the end yeah, zone and deep they're up, shot first. You know, play. yeah, exactly. They really took control of things. And I hope we can see more of that during the regular season. I don't mean a, touchdown three plays in all the time but at least go for it early the one thing i really like about the change in coaches uh the eskimos over the last couple of years have have really been good at i don't know if they practice this or not but they win the coin toss a lot and the last two years when they won the coin toss it's defense first chris jones sends his defense out to make a play uh this year i think the eskimos have won two of the three coin tosses so far and Jason Moss sends the offense out, right? And and that's that's you know, how that's, he wants to set the tone. They want yeah, to set Jones, the tone. To set Jones wants to set it with his defense. Moss wants to set it with his offense, which is only natural. So I kind of like the fact. I you know that's a sketching game. is perfect. They won the toss, put the offense on, scored a touchdown right away. Boom, they're in control of the football game as long as you don't mess up. And if the offense, Darius Bowman again told me today, if we can get the offense. To, to, to play better early and build leads, then watch our defense go to work. They don't have to worry about things. They can pin their ears back and go after the quarterbacks, and that's going to make it even tougher for other teams' offenses to come back in games. So uh, if they get a good start in games, I think they'll be all right. That's going to be the key, probably what they're going to focus on, especially Friday night. Morley, you're a noble human being. Thanks for doing this. Uh, my pleasure, Reed. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Brendan Ulrich, Blake Dermott, all part of our Eskimos broadcast crew. Six o'clock, we'll sign on on Friday night. Uh, you can text 630-630. I have an interesting text I want to get to after the news, and we'll talk a little hoops with two Edmontonians on the Canadian women's Olympic team, Catherine and Michelle Plouffe, when we get back.
for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So the Blue Jays wrap it up, a 4-2 win over the Kansas City Royals. Baltimore also won, beating the Dodgers 6-4 in a game that lasted 14 innings. Blue Jays do lead the wild card race. They're two and a half back of Baltimore for first place in the American League East. Marco Estrada goes to the 15-day DL. He's been having some back issues. He's 5-3 and three on the season. Sidney Crosby, by the way, going to have his day with the Stanley Cup in Cole Harbor. That'll be on July 16th. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Matthew Panashik working as our studio producer this evening. Matthew, I have been corrected. Ooh. I got to appreciate, uh, I got to send my appreciation to Hal, who texted into 630-630. He said, Reed, I'm running with scissors was Fraser on Cheers, not George Costanza on Seinfeld. I believe uh, I texted uh, Hal back and I said, was Costanza just running around Jerry's apartment or something yelling, I'm a bad boy. And he said, yes, I think so. He goes, I remembered it. Uh, I remembered it from, from Cheers. And thanks to the magic of YouTube. Do you think I can be dangerous? Is that it? Do you all think I'm just an old slipper? Well, am I a good boy? Would a good boy do this? I am running with scissors. So it's playing again. So there it is. What was his name? Fraser Crane? Yes. Played by Kelsey Grammer? On two series. And then, yeah, I never watched this, the TV show Fraser. Did you watch it? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It was, it, it, was, it had its moments. Did he not me. become a, because uh, what was he, a psychiatrist? I, uh, Something like that. Psych- was he a psychiatrist or psychologist? I can't remember. Is, well, is, is, One uh, of the two. Well, he was a doctor. Don't you have to be a, a doctor to be yeah. a psychiatrist? Dr. Fraser Crane, yes. And then did, on the, the show Fraser, didn't he have a, a radio show? Yes, he did. Okay. So I never watched that for some reason. So anyway, he was running with scissors. There you go. Cheers was a great show. Would you not agree? Oh, fantastic. I remember as a kid watching the final episode of Cheers. When Diane came back. I was not a kid. I was an adult. Yeah, I was only, like, how old was I? 1992. Who was, who was your favorite character on Cheers? Oh, Norm. Norm was great. I liked Woody quite a bit. Yeah, Woody was good as well. Made Woody Harrelson, that's for sure, eh? Yeah, and then he did Natural Born Killers. That was a bit of a switch up for him. <laughs> <laughs> From dim-witted bartender to serial killer. Oh, hey, you got to step outside the box, right? There was a movie with him and um, Wesley Snipes called Money Train. I love that movie, Money Train. And Robert Blake's in it, too. Well, wasn't it also Snipes and Harrelson in White Man Can't Jump? I believe wasn't, so. Weren't, they, weren't they the duo? Pretty sure. With Rosie yep. Perez? Yep. Yeah. There you go. You can text your favorite Woody Harrelson moment to 630-630. <laughs> we are all over the map. Some nights on Inside Sports. That is okay. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Oh, but well, yeah, we're going to give away tickets later this half hour, too, so be listening for that. But I'm pleased to welcome to the show two of Edmonton's finest from the Canadian women's basketball team, Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe. Michelle, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Reed. Good to, have, good to be here. And Catherine, glad to have you back on the show as well. How are you? 
Good. Thanks so much. Yeah, I always enjoy uh, interviewing two people at the same time. You guys are always so generous, uh, generous with your time. You're a bit of a package deal, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you could say that. When it comes to uh, storylines in Edmonton, Catherine, I'll, I'll start with you. Give me a sense of sure. what this week has been like as as you get ready for the Edmonton Grads Classic against China. What uh, what's what's a typical day been like? Yeah, well, this week has been, or our first week back for training camp has been quite the butt-kicking training camp. You know, we're still gearing up to peak in August, so we're still fine-tuning some things and, and yeah, working hard in practice this week. Michelle, what's it like? Um, I mean, I know with with the inter- the international teams, you have players who are on club teams or who are going to school and playing NCAA or CIS, and then you have these weeks or couple week segments where you're together what's it like mm-hmm. you know being on a team but where you're rarely together as a team um well we feel like we're together a lot this summer <laughs> i mean last summer we were together three months straight basically but uh it's been interesting this summer we did have a two two to three week break um so really when we get back together it's uh you know we have to find our chemistry almost almost immediately and then try to work from there but I mean it's great that we had all of last summer and we can just build off that experience. Catherine you're you're playing a three-game series here against China now both teams are in the Olympics so one aspect is this of of this is okay I guess you know nothing is on the line you're not going to lose your spot or lose a chance at a medal or whatever but right. I mean, tell fans how how vital this series is, given the quality of the opponent and, and how close it is to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's two Olympic Olympic teams basically. So that opportunity for people to come watch is, is rare, especially in in Canada where we don't have a lot of um, home based competition. So I think that's really exciting that um, Edmonton fans and Alberta fans and whoever else comes out are going to have a chance to see. Uh, two teams that are going to be going to the Olympics. So for us, it's still um, China's going to be in our pool in in the Olympics. So they're actually the first game we're going to be playing at the Olympics. So we have three games here against them. And obviously that's going to prep us for how we play them um, when it comes time to tip off uh, August 6th. So it's important for us getting ready and fine-tuning again and uh, – we're still going to be improving throughout the three games. Michelle, is there any uh, history with China, any uh, recent meetings, any sense of a rivalry, or is it maybe going to build up over these three games and then at the first game in Rio? Well, we are going to see China a lot this summer. We played them once in France just uh, last month, um, and we won that game um, and three times here in Edmonton and then another game in Rio. So... I mean, I feel like there will for sure be a heated rivalry by the end, and I think definitely three back-to-back games in Edmonton will bring that out um, like it has before. So so I'll say yes, there's a rivalry for sure. <laughs> okay, good. Catherine and Michelle Plouffe joining us inside Sports on 630. Chad, both members of the Canadian women's Olympic basketball team, both, of course, from uh, from right here in Edmonton. Um, Michelle, I'll go, to, I'll go to you this time. You were on the Olympic team uh, four years ago, a team that lost the quarterfinal to the uh, United States in 2012 in London. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was that experience like for you? What stands out and what do you remember? 
Uh, well, personally, that was for me. That was my first year on the uh, national team, actually. So it was, it was quite a, you know, a, a huge experience for me being the first summer with the team. Um, so it was a lot to soak in, and it's definitely, you know, our team's going to be in the spotlight even more so this summer than in London because, I mean, London we barely qualified uh, two weeks before the Olympics. So I mean, this year is going to be a bigger spotlight, you know, pressure and, um, but it's a really fun experience. There's so much, so much going on outside of the basketball arena that, um, it's a lot to soak in and it's, uh, definitely, it's definitely, uh, an unforgettable experience. And Catherine, for you, this is going to be your first Olympic experience. I mean, going into it, do yeah. you do you draw on uh, you know Michelle's experience? Because I mean, imagine I know as an athlete you deal with pressure situations and the game is routine to you, but I gotta yeah. I gotta imagine there are moments where it's like, oh my God, I'm actually going to be in the Olympics. That must create a little yeah, bit of anxiety absolutely. or excitement. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, I actually went to watch um, and support Michelle and the team in 2012. I had gone. I surprised visit her basically and uh, gone out to London. So when I was there, I definitely kind of saw the atmosphere, which is um, it's it's quite a high level. Like to to um, see it from an audience perspective is one thing, but obviously it's going to be different um, being out on the court and you know feeling the lights and all the the fans and 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 the moment. So. Yeah, I'm definitely going to draw on Michelle's and my teammates' experiences from that, and but still, you know, I won't, I won't actually know until I get there. So that's pretty exciting. I, I got to ask you another question, and I'll just leave it open to whoever wants to to jump in. There's a there are a lot of stories about Brazil and the the conditions there, and the you know the fear of the Zika virus, and and the and the political climate, and the economic stuff that's going on there. As athletes. How much did you pay, did you pay attention to a lot of that? Does any of that concern you going there for <laughs> the Olympics, or how do you deal with it? Um, well, we know that you know the media has a tendency to you know make bigger stories out of things, and um, you know we've heard from doctors and and whatnot that the concern isn't. I, I mean, it is high for a certain group of people, like the Zika virus concerns those trying to get pregnant for example and um people going into the jungle you know are at higher risk so um we we know that there is a risk but it's also it's a lot less for for our team and where we're going to be and and that sort of thing in real what are you talking about the media makes bigger things than they need to out of stuff yeah that never not this show, though, right? Not inside sports. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. This, this shows this shows right on point all the time. One hundred percent accuracy over here. Yes, thank uh, thank you very very much. Well, what else is going on for you guys this summer? I, I, I know you're so much is uh, focuses on uh, on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, but are you guys doing a, a camp again this this year? Yes, we are. Um, we're excited that we're going to have another Clue Hoops camp um, for girls grades nine to twelve next weekend so pretty much right after our china games and then basically the weekend before we head out for for toronto and then eventually to rio so yeah we're excited to work with some girls in the area and uh yeah teach them some things share experiences and yeah 
get better. What is it like for you to to have become role models, quite frankly, especially in Edmonton for for young athletes, specifically young female athletes, girls taking up basketball, and probably other sports. Do you guys do you guys think about that? I mean, do you do you kind of feel the the responsibility of that of of sort of having elevated to an elite level, and now you realize. Oh man! Like people are actually looking up to us. So I'll, I'll start with you, mm-hmm. Catherine. Does that figure into your minds minds at all? Oh uh, yeah, it's very humbling. Um, you know, we had role role models growing up, and and for girls to look up to us is is a unique position, and we definitely don't take it for granted. Um, we want to give them a good example and and share what share what we've experienced to help them along their way. Michelle, do do you get you know do kids ever just want to talk to you, or do you ever get the question like I want to be like you when I grow, or the comment I want to be like you when I grow up, or anything like that? Yeah, and from parents too, and it's uh, it's very humbling, just like Kevin said, and we're you know both very grateful to be in the position we're in, and I mean we both love to to uh, get to know get to know these girls and and love being around people, so. That's why, you know, we think this camp is just a great opportunity to meet, you know, young, the younger generation of, of female basketball players and, you know, hopefully impart some kind of encouragement or, or wisdom on them and um, see where that can take them. Because, I mean, there wasn't a lot of female basketball exposure when we were growing up. Uh, but fortunately, you know, we had an older sister who paved the way for us. But, you know, maybe these... Maybe these girls don't. So it's cool to be in to be in this position. And just just to wrap up, and I know last summer you had the series against it was Brazil last year, right? And then you had the yeah. actual Olympic qualifying tournament. Has being able to play home games on the Canadian team in Edmonton has that worn off on you, or is it still pretty cool? <laughs> no, we still think it's really yeah, cool. we love it for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, it never. It's, we're so fortunate to be in our hometown, and um, after you know being away at college and being away playing professional, where you know our families can't watch us play, to be not only in Canada but in Edmonton, where you know our families just down the road, um, and you know we grew up here, and our coaches and everyone can just come see our team and what you know what the what kind of program we belong to is a amazing experience, and they'll never get old. I hope we play here every time. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Really looking forward to this weekend. And, of course, fans can go uh, Saturday at 7, Sunday at 4, Monday at 7. Two of the top 10 teams in the world in women's basketball. It's going to be fun. Catherine, Michelle, always a pleasure to have you inside sports. All the best this summer and, of course, into the Olympics. Thanks so much, Reed. Right on. Catherine Plouffe, Michelle Plouffe joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. All the best to those ladies. The Canadian team ready to go this weekend against China. By the way, I asked that question about uh, some of the concerns going into Brazil. Uh, We have a texter who says, I was in Brazil at this time a month ago and never even saw a mosquito. Hopefully the games go off well. Tends to be a bit of a trend with the Olympics. There's a lot of worry and fretting going into the games, and usually they go off quite well. I suppose Athens uh, back in 2000 maybe a bit of an exception. I know a lot of the facilities that were, were uh, or pardon me, Athens in 2004. Sydney was uh, 2000. Athens in 2004, a lot of the facilities that were built for those games, unused, crumbling, uh, a lot of unfortunate things like that. But uh, most Olympic Games go off well, even if you maybe don't agree with the uh, politics or policies of the nations that wind up hosting them. Here's what we're going to do. 
780-496-0063. You'll want to see the Plouffe sisters play. Call in. This will be four tickets to the game Monday at 7 o'clock at the Savile Center. That's down by Foot Field. We're, we're going to line up some contestants during the break. Uh, we're not just going to give them away to a caller number. You have to answer a basketball-related trivia question on air, live, with me. Uh, I will say it is an NBA-themed trivia question, and I'll even narrow it down a little more, related to the NBA Finals. Sound fair? 780-496-0063. We'll get to that after the break. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, thanks for joining us tonight. 4-2 Blue Jays winning over Kansas City tonight. The Oilers' uh, Billy Moore's Cup at their development camp in Jasper is underway. Brendan Ulrich will have a live update after the 8 o'clock news tonight. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I just got a a call from Brian Hall, and he gave me the go-ahead to give away not one, but two Four packs of tickets to the game Monday at 7 at the Savile Center between Canada and China as both teams tune up for the Women's Olympic Basketball Tournament. He called it, hey, Reed, just go ahead and give away extra tickets. What are you being so cheap for? Just give the tickets away. But you have to answer a trivia question. Um, so the first person is going to have it maybe a little bit easier. And uh, Barry is going to be the first contestant up. Hi, Barry. How are you? Good. How about you? Good. Have you ever called Inside Sports before? Yeah, I have. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear from you. Sorry I don't recognize your voice. We literally get, well, about a dozen callers. Not really that many. <laughs> At least an hour, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, this is a basketball-themed question. Because you're the first guy up, I'm going to give you uh, 10 seconds to answer it, okay? Okay. Before I move on. The Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and I, have, I, I have a page open on the Internet that will help me, so I'm going to go by NBA.com, okay? The Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA title this year. Name somebody on their roster other than LeBron James. You have 10 seconds. Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving is correct. He hit the game-winning three-pointer. Barry, you're going to the game on Monday. Have you? Uh, are you a big basketball fan, or do you want to check this out because of the Plouffe sisters, or what's what's the story? Well, I'm a big basketball fan. Oh, good stuff. Did you go last summer to uh, when they played in the tournament? I didn't, actually. Okay, but uh, you were probably following it, and I think the final yeah, was oh, on yeah, TV. Thought, yeah. yeah, they've become Kia nurses on that team, and she's really exciting. Yes, and uh, Goot Balgak is on the team. She's another Edmontonian. we got three Edmontonians uh, on that team. Kia nurse, Kia nurse could become, in 10 years, we could be talking about her as the greatest Canadian women's basketball player of all time. So, I know fair? she plays for Connecticut, and that team is just a legend down there right now. Have they won back-to-back titles, I want to say? I'm thinking five or six in a row. It's that many in a row? Okay, so I think like she's that. been on the last two, right? Uh, I believe she was a freshman this year. Well, was this just her first year? I thought she already I, been there too. I'm positive she was a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's pretty young, That's so she's got a bright future. Become. Yeah, I know. Okay, Barry, stay on the line. Uh, so, Barry, you're going to have to talk to Matthew in a second here. We're going to bring in our uh, regular caller, Rocket. All right, Rocket, you only get eight seconds to answer. Name somebody on the Cleveland Cavaliers roster other than LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Joseph. Uh. Corey Joseph plays yeah. for the Raptors. Sorry, oh, shit. sorry buddy. Oh, don't, 
don't, don't use that word. Josh, can you name somebody on the Cavaliers other than LeBron James and Kyrie Irving? Kevin Love. Kevin Love, who apparently uh, not not good at being friends with LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you watch the finals this year? I did. Basketball fan, or did you just get pulled into it? Uh, I wasn't a basketball fan up until this year, so I kind of got pulled into it with the whole Golden State breaking records with their uh, this season. So yeah, Golden State pulled me back into it. I used to watch more, uh, probably in the nineties, the 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 Jordan stuff into the early two thousands. I kind of drifted away a little bit as a casual fan. I found Golden State uh, very compelling. So you probably, uh, as you picked up on being a basketball fan, speaking of Kevin Love. Uh, you probably realized he was one of the most criticized players in the NBA this season. Yeah, uh, sometimes I thought it was uh, unnecessary the way people viewed him, but I mean, did you think that was just expectations were too high, or he, you know, he didn't have to fill a star player role on that team? What did you, What did you think? Yeah, I think it's just the case of people maybe expecting too much from him, kind of like a Justin Schultz, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Love compared to Justin Schultz. Well, I mean, he was uh, in Minnesota. He was a rebounding machine, and he still—I think he averaged uh, close to nine rebounds a game with the Cavs this season. But I'm pretty sure he would have been double digits most years with the T Wolves. Have you been yeah. to the Savile Center for a game before? I haven't, but I actually went to high school with the Plouffe Twins, so I'm kind of excited oh. to go check them out. <laughs> that's, that's a, do you do you know them at all, or you just kind of uh, want to no, catch up like on I was, them? No, I, I didn't really know. I, everybody knew of them, of course, because they're just monsters of basketball. Yeah, yeah, they're they're but, doing well. Canada's got a good team, ranked nine in the world. So I mean, it, it'll be a long shot for a medal, but but still, they're they're in the tournament and and they got some pretty talented players. You'll like the Savile Center. Uh, nice seating there. Um, you know, actual stadium seating. So if uh, if you get there, I'm not sure where our seats are, but most of the seats have backs. It's a nice little uh, stadium facility to watch a basketball game. Josh, stay on the Perfect. line, okay? Uh, Matthew has to talk to you. Thanks, Reed. So Josh wins tickets as well. We we may be able to find some tomorrow. I will forage through Brian Hall's desk and see what we have. Might have some tickets for Sunday. Here's what we got to do. Well, we got to bring you the news, traffic, and weather with the legendary Randy Kilburn. Brendan Ulrich will hop on the show. He's in Jasper watching the Oilers' development camp. I believe young Drake Kajula, an NCAA signing for the Oilers, is looking pretty good tonight. So Brendan will give us the update. Uh, We'll catch up with an old friend of mine, Wade Redden, now hired by the Nashville Predators. He's jumping back into the NHL. And, of course, you can text in to 630-630 anytime you want about anything you want to talk about. Blue Jays win 4-2 tonight over the KC Rawls. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.